Welcome to Bible Near You, a Bible study program that seeks to shed some light on the Bible and aims to drive the shade of ignorance from the mind of the people across the world. The program comes to you every Wednesday at BibleNearYou.co.za at 1600 South African Standard Time. We are also available on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and other podcasting platforms. We encourage you to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bible Near You. If you have any questions concerning the content of our show, you can email us at question at biblenearyou.co.za. Now we join our host and teacher, Lungisa Jostri. This again is a wonderful day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise as we come together to study your word as we are looking to the book of Joshua. Lord, help us to understand what you want us to understand about the book. And also, Lord, give us knowledge, correct us where we have been wrong. And if anything, Lord, would be said in the show that is amiss, please, Lord, help us to identify it and be able, Lord, to to correct it. We pray, Lord, that all that should be done in this place, let it be done for your glory and your glory alone. And we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, my dear friends, I'd like to send a shout out to my dear brother, Zakele, uh, Brother Zakes. Thank you very much, my brother, for engaging on the show. And if I'm making a request, you respond. I did, my dear friends, uh, request that if you have a different opinion on the author of the book of uh, Deuteronomy, since uh, there's a lot of debates that Deuteronomy could have been written by somebody else and not Moses, and though there is a, that is a popular view that Moses wrote it, so I left it with you and asked you if you can make a comment on that and see if um, you have a different view on the author of Deuteronomy. So we have a comment from my brother Zakele. Um, he says, Hi, Mfundisi. Firstly, I would like to say thanks for this Bible study episode. We are so privileged in Gambela. In Old Testament, Deuteronomy is one of my favorite books, filled with many favorite verses that had shaped my life. Minangiti, it's Moses who wrote the book. I have this verse, I have this verse maybe to support my claim. When David, so quote, when David's time to die drew nigh, he commanded Solomon his son, saying, I am about to go the way of all the earth, but strong and show yourself a man and keep the charge of the Lord your God, walking in his ways and keeping his statutes, his commandments, his rules, and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do wherever you turn. That's First Kings chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. David was speaking with his son. Take notice of the statement as it is written in the book of the law of Moses. So this confirms that this book of the law was written by Moses. Yes, there are some parts, like the one you quoted, which appear as if he was not alone, but Moses dominates the entire book. I, am, I stand to be corrected. That's my opinion. Thank you, my brother. Yeah, so thank you very much, Brother Blake, for your 
contribution. Uh, I am, as I said, that if you look at the book, it does suggest that Moses wrote it, but also there's a suggestion that somebody else wrote it. So uh, it's still a matter for research on both our ends, that you do your own research and I do my own research. Okay, today let's uh, get into what we are talking about on this very day. So um, today we start the new section in the Old Testament. It's the historical section. So we're looking at the historical section of the OT. Remember that when we did the introduction to the Bible, we mentioned that the Bible has different sections. It has two main sections, which is the Old Testament and the New Testament. And then under the Old Testament, there are subsections in there. There is the book of the law. There is uh, history, their poetry and wisdoms, their prophets. So those four sections, some will say five sections. Uh, I don't want to get into those politics, but there it is. So in, in the New Testament, we've got the Gospels, we've got history, we have the letters, so the Pauline letters the, and the general letters, and then we have prophecy. Now, we are coming, we finished the book of the law, the Pentateuch or the Torah. Now we have come to the book of history. We're looking at the historical records of the children of Israel when they were in the promised land. As they cross River Jordan and to possess the land. So here we are. So every other book, like if we look at the book of history in the history section, every other book that comes after, so whether the book of wisdom or the book of prophets or poetry, all these will be minor details within the scope of these 12 books. So that means the book of Psalms, the book of Job, the book of, uh, of prophets, all these books, book of Isaiah, uh, and all these books, they all take place within the time period covered by Joshua right through to Esther. So it when they were in the promised land, and then when they were taken out of the promised land into Babylon, and then back from captivity into the promised land. So all the prophets take place within that time frame. If you ask me the history of the Old Testament, where does it end? It ends in the book of Esther, Joshua to Esther. That is the end of the history of Israel. Every other thing happens within that time frame. So they just divided. If we were to put the prophet in chronological order, they would be in the midst of the historical section. Do you understand what I'm trying to say here? From, from, the very, uh, from, from Isaiah right through to Malachi, all of them will be within the historical section. So the last book uh, of the Old Testament in terms of uh, history perhaps would be uh, whether the book of Esther or Nehemiah, um, somewhere around there. So that would be the last book if we were to rearrange them uh, in the chronological order. But right now, they are categorized based on their genres, uh, on what they're dealing with, based on their content rather than uh, chronology. So we today we're dealing with the book of Joshua, dealing with the book of Joshua. And there, who's Joshua, by the way? Uh, Joshua, 
he's one of the guys, um, along with Caleb, actually, because they're two guys, he's one of the guys that came out from Egypt, who were born in Egypt as Israelites, and who went through the wilderness and actually entered the promised land. The rest of the people that came out of Egypt did not enter the promised land, including Moses and Aaron. They did not enter the promised land, but Joshua and Caleb, they were able to go in and possess the land. So Joshua's name appears many times in the book of the law. His father was Nun. So if you hear of Joshua, he's always mentioned as Joshua, the son of Nun. That is his, uh, his title. That is his name, Joshua, the son of Nun. He's, um, he's introduced to us in the book of uh, Exodus Chapter 17, verse 10, this is where Moses was giving him a commission to go and fight Amalek. So we get the impression there that Joshua was a warrior. So he was not just a young man in the tribe of Israel, but he was someone who was important. He was someone who was trustworthy. He was someone who was battle worthy. He was a warrior. He, he was a captain of the armies back then. Of the armies of Israel. So if you read Exodus chapter 17, verse 10, you hear what Moses say of Joshua that he should get himself some men and they go and fight Amalek. So Joshua was to select men, create an army, and then go and fight Amalek. And then Joshua was one of the 12 spies that went into the promised land to spy the promised land. They went to Canaan to spy the land, 12 of them, where 10 of those guys, they came back with a bad report and stirred the nation of Israel. But Joshua and Caleb, they stood and gave good report. And they also said that, no, we can go in and take the land. The Lord has given those people into our hands. And so the people, they revolted, they were disturbed by the reports of the majority. Hence, God said, none of these people will enter the promised land. Because, I mean, they didn't believe. So only Joshua and Caleb will. And then the rest of the children that were born in the wilderness were going to enter into the promised land. So Joshua was ordained by Moses in the wilderness. At God's commandment. So Moses ordained Joshua to be Moses' successor in leading the children of Israel into the land of promise. If you read Numbers 27 verse 18 and 22, it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Take thee Joshua the son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay thine hand upon him. And um, also, verse 22, Moses did as the Lord commanded him, and he took Joshua and set him before Eleazar the priest and before all the congregation. And also, if you read Deuteronomy 34, verse 9, confirms the same. And Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hand upon him, and the children of Israel hearkened unto him and did as the Lord commanded Moses. So Joshua was spirit-filled. That's what it says here. Spirit-filled. There's a, a theory of spirit upon in the Old Testament and spirit within in the New Testament. But we hear here 
um, in the book of uh, of Numbers, sorry, in the book of Numbers and in the book of Deuteronomy, that such was not the case with Joshua. Joshua had the spirit in him. The spirit of wisdom was in Joshua, not just upon Joshua, but it was in him. So his name originally was Oshea, but Moses named him Joshua. According to Hitchcock, uh, that's a, a, a Bible dictionary for, for names. It's a Bible name dictionary. Uh, Hitchcock uh, says the name of Joshua means a savior or delivery. And it, it is also synonymous with Jehoshua or Yehoshua and uh, Jeshua or Yeshua. So it means savior or deliverer. Um, it is the name Jesus. It's also synonymous with the Greek version of the name Jesus, Jesus. So the title of the book we're dealing with is Joshua. We're dealing with the book of Joshua. It is uh, called the book of Joshua, maybe because it documents the events that took place during the time of Joshua's leadership of Israel. Also, the book portrays Joshua as the main character, second from God, of course. So as it comes to the author and date, uh, since the book is called Joshua, a lot of people believe that Joshua wrote the book. It is a popular view, but it's well debated. I mean, from the Pentateuch, the books of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, the authorship is debated because within the book itself, there is no clear, like, in-your-face evidence that says, I am the author. So we rely on certain texts and, and looking at other things to, to actually identify the author. So it then it is then debated because some will receive the view and some will reject the view. So even now, when we look at the book of uh, Joshua, it is widely believed that Joshua wrote the book. And first, I also believe that, that Joshua was the author of the book of Joshua. However, there are valid grounds to doubt Joshua as the author. By the way, if Joshua was the author or Joshua wasn't the author, would not take away from the inspiration of the book. The book is still inspired like any other book of the Bible. We just want to know who wrote it. And when we look at the book of Joshua itself, as you read it, because that's where we 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 look and maybe find the author. When we read in the book of Joshua, there is grounds for me to doubt that Joshua wrote the book. For example, if you look at Joshua chapter 10, verse 13, it says, And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is this not written in the book of Jesha? Quote, the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and hasted not to go down about a whole day. So what we look here is, is, is a statement that suggests to me that Joshua could not have been the author. Why is that? Look at these words. Is not this written in the book of Jesha? The sun stood still in the midst of heaven and hastened not to go down about a whole day. So there is a question right there. It is very strange that the author who had experienced the event first 
hand that he would refer to another book that was published prior to his own. So it's quite strange that somebody who had experienced this, Joshua was the one that yelled, shouted that the sun should stop and the moon should stop. And then when it stood still, I mean, Joshua should be able to tell the story as the first, from first-hand experience, you know, as this first speaker, someone who's an eyewitness. But here, it seems like the author, whoever wrote the book of Joshua, is finding his source for source of information from another. And therefore, he says, if you don't believe what I'm saying, go and check the book of Jesha. I'm writing this down, but Jesha wrote about it. So it seems like this book is not written during the times of Joshua. It could have been written after Joshua had died, whether recently from Joshua's death or later from Joshua's death. However, Joshua could not have written this judging by that verse he could not and two the the book of joshua records the death of joshua and how old when he died so joshua could not have written that could not have written that he died and was buried you can't write that i mean if you're dead you cannot write about your death and and your burial and the events surrounding the aftermath of your death so what we see here then is is that somebody else might have written the book of, jo- of Joshua and he got his information from other sources, whether from eyewitness account or from other writers. As we can see here, he's quoting the book of Jesha. By the way, the book of Jesha is a real book that documents the, 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 the history of mankind from Adam. It goes, it goes on through the flood and goes into um, the call of Abraham. It goes even further into uh, Egyptian, uh, Egyptian slavery. It goes to the possessing of the promised land. So Joshua, um, the book of Joshua, or the author of the book of Joshua, used the book of Jesha as a reference. So that is the source of his information. It's like, uh, like when you're writing and then you say, well, this piece of information is from this book. And there he quotes it again. Is this not written in the book of Jesha? Then he gives a quotation. So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and hasted not to go down about the whole day. So that's what makes me doubt the authorship of, of Joshua, that Joshua could not have written this. However, it's still a fact that Joshua is the dominant character in the book. The book talks about Joshua, his doing, his leadership, and um, the events that took place under his leadership in the in the tribe of Israel. I mean, uh, when we talk about the authorship of uh, of uh, Joshua, I'd say it is also the same case as when you read the book of Luke, that Luke was writing about the life of Jesus, but Luke was not walking about Jesus. So how did Luke know what to write? Uh, where did he get his information? So Luke was not um, was not the one that was walking with Jesus, but he made research and then wrote the report from eyewitness account and maybe from other writers. And then again, my friends, I leave it to you to judge if Joshua wrote the book of Joshua or someone else did. But for me, I stand on that. It could not have been Joshua who wrote this book. Somebody else could have written it, but it still inspired 
it is still an inspired book of the Bible nonetheless. It does not uh, take away from its truth. It does not discredit the book itself on its account. It's just that the book does not say that Joshua wrote it. We are saying that Joshua wrote it, but the title of the book is Joshua, but it does not necessarily mean that it, it was written by Joshua. As much as somebody will write a biography about me and he will say, Lungisa, you understand? It would mean that Lungisa wrote the book. Somebody else could have written the book about my, my life, you see. So that's the case right here. So the message of Joshua. In a nutshell, Joshua gives us a record of the crossing of the river Jordan. So it starts off, if you go to the first chapters, the first chapter of the book of Joshua, it starts off where God is actually addressing Joshua. God is talking to Joshua, probably through a vision. Because God said only he speaks to Moses face to face. So if there be any prophet or dreamer, God will use dreams and visions. But to Moses, he speaks face to face. So I suppose maybe Joshua saw a vision here uh, and God addressed him. So it says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over to Jordan, thou and all these people, unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. So this is God commissioning Joshua to go into the promised land, to lead the people into the promised land and possess the land. In chapter 2, we find the story uh, of the spies and the conquest of, uh, of uh, uh, Jericho. So they went and uh, conquered Jericho. And um, what happened is, um, is that they also had a convert, Rahab. So a lot of people, when they preach on Joshua chapter 2, they focus more on the spy. You know, and you even find people coming up with uh, wacky ideas as a, there's a, a, a principle of spying the land. You know, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Um, so what we look here is, is that the, the story more, it's, it's about Rahab, the conversion of Rahab, because the spies went in there. And when they came to the promised land, uh, sorry, to, to Jericho, Rahab spotted them and uh, they lodged in, in her house. And Rahab already believed that the city is given to the Israelites. She believed already and therefore did a favor for the spies. Um, he says, I mean, the woman here, this, this lady Rahab, the something he said in verse 9, he says, I know that the Lord had given you the land. And that your terror is fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard that these things, our heart did melt, neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Can you hear the confession of Rahab? Rahab is making 
a very powerful confession. Says the Lord is giving you this land. And I believe that the Lord your God is the Lord in heaven above and in earth beneath. That is a powerful confession. So Rahab already believes if ever there be any gods in Jericho, Rahab has just denounced them by setting the Lord as the Lord above in heaven and on earth beneath. The God who controls the heavens and the earth. She had believed the stories and therefore she's saving these people and then she makes a request that her family and herself be also delivered from destruction. And then you go over to chapter 3. We see here also um, Joshua and the children of Israel uh, preparing now to cross over into the promised land. And if, if you go to chapter 4, uh, this is what you find here, that God speaks to Joshua telling him that the priest should carry the ark. And they, when they carry the ark, they must dip their feet into the water. Dip their feet into the water, and then the water will recede, will turn back, and then they will cross River Jordan. And then chapter 5, very, very important event takes place here. First of all, Joshua circumcises the males. It's very odd, you think, how come that these people are circumcised now? Was it not written in the book of Genesis that all the males in the house of Israel should be circumcised from the from the eighth day. So should have been everybody who was born should have been circumcised on the eighth day. Well, Joshua explains here, the book of Joshua, the author, explains here um, in, in verse 2, look at verse 2, chapter 5, says, At that time the Lord said unto Joshua, Make these sharp knives and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. And Joshua made them sharp knives and circumcised the children of Israel at the heel of the foreskins. And this is the cause why Joshua did circumcise. So in verse 4, he's giving us the reason why is Joshua going through this trouble to circumcise the people again? Why are you doing this, Joshua? Well, here's the reason. All the people that came out of Egypt that were males, even all the men of war, died in the wilderness by the way after they came out of Egypt now all the people that came out were circumcised so people who came out from Egypt they were circumcised but all the people that were born in the wilderness by the way as they came forth out of Egypt them they had not been circumcised for the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people that were men of war which came out of Egypt were consumed because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord, unto whom the Lord swore that he will not show them the land, which the Lord sware unto their fathers that he would give us a land that floweth with milk and honey. Now, wait a minute. If you note here, this guy is using now, including himself in the story. He says that the Lord which swore to their fathers that he will give us a land that floweth with honey. So you can see here, use Joshua as another person, but now here he puts himself uh, into the story. So he's one of the people. So it's like a person who is uh, speaking is an Israelite, but he's writing, you know, about Joshua. In verse 7, and their children whom he raised up in their stead, 
them Joshua circumcised for they were uncircumcised because they had not circumcised them by the way. So basically what he's saying is that the people who are being circumcised are those who were born in the wilderness because they were not circumcised in the wilderness. There was no time to circumcise them. So that's the reason why they are being circumcised here in the place called Gilgal. Also in Gilgal, what happened is they celebrated the Passover for the first time in the promised land. This is the first time they celebrate Passover. So in Gilgal, two events took place as they came into the promised land. The men were circumcised. And secondly, they celebrated Passover and the feast of unleavened bread. And also the manna stopped coming down because, I mean, they were in the land and there was food there. And then in chapter 6, as you go on and the conquest of Jericho, I think. Uh, yes, the conquest of Jericho. They are conquering Jericho here, fighting. Um, the walls are falling in verse 7. In verse 7, there's a, a trespass that Achan committed. So Achan actually coveted some of the delicacies um, in in, uh, in 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 Jericho, things of Jericho that were supposed to be destroyed, he took silver and he took a, a cloth, a very expensive sword. So then God saw that and was very displeased because it was an accursed item. So when they were going to fight against AI, what happened is there was destruction. The people died. Thirty-six men died, and they fled before the people of AI. Even though the people of AI were very few. So Joshua cried to the Lord, Lord, why would you bring us here? What would these people say if we are killed by people of AI? We fall before these people. What's happening? What's going on? So Joshua, uh, God said, Joshua, stop crying. Rise up. These people have sinned. Now go out there, investigate. So they did lots. And then the story goes on. And then Achan was discovered that he was the one that committed this crime. And he was killed and burned with his family. So the book of Joshua goes on to tell then us about all the conquests uh, of Canaan. And also it tells us about how the land was partitioned. So in a nutshell, the outline uh, would go in this way. I'm just preparing my papers here. All right. So the, the outline of the book of Joshua from chapter 1 to chapter 5. So God prepares Israel to receive the promised land. And in the chapter 6 to chapter 12, God gives Israel possession of the land. In chapter 13 to 21, God divides the inheritance of the promised land. There are also special cities that were um, given here in the partitioning of the land. Uh, one of those cities were the cities of refuge and the cities of the Levites. That's in chapter 20, verse 1 to 9 and chapter 21, verse 1 to 45. And the cities of refuge, the reference is in Numbers 35, verse 6. And then uh, God requires faithfulness uh, to him in the promised land. And you hear in chapter 22, and also Joshua uh, actually gave one of my very favorite verse, which when I was a kid, I used to read this verse. And um, I, it was my memory verse in, in Joshua 24, verse 15, where Joshua says, If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, 
whether the gods which be which your fathers served when they were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell but as for me and my house we will serve the Lord so my dear friends this is the book of Joshua this is the book of Joshua in a nutshell it's just an overview of the book of Joshua. So I'm encouraging you, my dear friends, that you continue reading the book of Joshua. Just go and study it, look into it, see what you can uh, take out from it. If you have any questions, I do encourage you that you write to us. You write us an email. Write us an email at question at biblenearyou.co.za. And also you can just drop a comment. Uh, just drop a comment where if you found a link to this post, just drop a comment. Or you can just go to biblenearyou.co.za. If you go to the top left corner or to the top corner, depending on the device you're using, there's a, a place that says podcast. You click there, it will take you to our podcast episodes. And then you find the one that talks about Joshua. You click there and you write your comment there. Whether it's a question or it's a commendation or you put a comment, uh, just extra information that I might have missed as something that was revealed to you as you read the book of Joshua, just share, engage with us. So we'd really appreciate it. And also feel free to distribute this message to as many people as you can. If anyone you think that they need to hear this, please uh, just uh, help them out. And uh, I'd really appreciate that. Also, uh, we have social media presence in Twitter, in Facebook, and in Instagram. We are at Bible Near You. At Bible Near You. You can follow us in all these places. So, my dear friends, I'd like to say thank you again for joining us. And I encourage you to like our comments, um, share our posts, share everything that we, we are sharing. I'd really, really appreciate that. If you have a uh, desire to support the Bible near you uh, financially, we don't require it. The Bible Near You podcast comes to you free of charge at no cost. But if you say, I'd love to contribute something towards Bible Near You, well, my friends, you can write us an email, info at biblenearyou.co.za info at biblenearyou.co.za and then you will find details on how to support Bible Near You financially. Uh, thank you very much. So, with all that being said, my dear friends, I'd like to say you have a fantastic week. Goodbye. <laughs>